You're listening to the Gold Biz Podcast, episode number 61. The phrase scaling your business could mean so many different things. So it could mean, do you want to add a new offer or service to scale? Do you want to work less while growing your business? Do you want to make more income? There's just a lot of things that come from that phrase and what that phrase could mean. And in this episode today, we're going to talk about what really goes into being the best business owner to make sure you are making the right decisions to up-level and move your business forward. You're listening to the Gold Biz Podcast with Rachel Traxler, a traveling wedding photographer turned creative business entrepreneur. Each week, Rachel brings you purpose-driven action to become the ambitious entrepreneur you are meant to be. We'll dive into topics such as life, business, failures and successes, and being the best version of yourself you can be. This is a warm and positive space for all creative entrepreneurs to come together, inspire, and grow. Because every day is an opportunity to shine here at the Gold Biz Podcast. Now here's your host, Rachel Traxler. Hello, sunshines, and welcome back to the Gold Biz Podcast with me, your host, Rachel Traxler. Today, I have with me Danielle Langston, who talks about having her business go full-time, what that looks like in terms of scaling, becoming an SEO, stepping into your zone of genius, and how to create a life, not just a living. And today is a really good episode. I love her expertise and her knowledge. So let's get into it and let's welcome her on. Hello, Danielle. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait to chat. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. We got a good topic today. But before we dive into all that, tell us about you and a little bit about your story. Yeah. So hmm, I'm always like, where to start? Where to start? So I started my career in corporate. So I am someone that went corporate to entrepreneurship, which is always a really scary journey, but I would say totally worth it. I spent the beginning of my career at the H.J. Heinz Company. So working with really huge brands and getting those off the ground with sales operations. And then I went to a tech startup in which I was working with brands and retailers. And so throughout my entire corporate career, I always was focused on sales and strategy. And so after years of traveling and years of managing a really awesome team and just reporting to other people, I decided that I think if you have this itch to be an entrepreneur, it never really goes away until you really dig in and listen to it. And so back in 2019, I decided that I was going to retire from corporate and that I was going to go out on my own. And something that I just learned from being in corporate, and I always say I was just climbing the wrong ladder. So I just yep. felt like I would continue to climb the corporate ladder. And I used to fantasize about like the corner office and just wearing like a power suit and heels. And then I got to a point in which, you know, you almost accomplish that and you're like, well, that feels really empty. And I'd actually rather give all of that up and go work for myself. And so in 2019, I took my skill set and my experience and I decided that I would work primarily with female entrepreneurs in helping them with sales and strategy and really just launching and having the best businesses that allow them to be profitable. And so that has sort of been the journey that has led us to here, always really keeping in mind the background that I did have and sort of what I was chasing and how when I obtained that, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. And so then really just pivoting into entrepreneurship. I love that. And 
I love your story. I always love hearing people that come from like the corporate ladder or a different place. Like I came from the medical field and it's just always fun to like, I see this trend of that. We all just have this strong calling into entrepreneurship that we just can't ignore. <laughs> we gotta no. have to take it and run with we it. We have to. Yeah. And I, it's so funny because I feel like that's just the common denominator through all of us is that we just have this and we just have to listen to it and go for it. So that's really cool. I love your story and all that stuff. And we're going to talk a little bit about kind of like finding your zone of genius and stuff like that. So I know you've spoken before about a little bit about finding your zone of genius and all that stuff, but what does that phrase, I guess, mean to you and how can us entrepreneurs and listen listeners embrace that? Yeah. And I think this really obtains, you know, to people that are potentially in corporate and either looking to go into entrepreneurship or these people are in corporate and potentially they want to start something on the side. This is like really, really helpful for new stage entrepreneurs. But really what finding your zone of genius actually means is like, what are you really good at? What do people consider you an expert in? You know, I would always, whenever I would, you know, really coach on this aspect, I would say, what are people coming to you for? Like, what do you actually not know you're really good at? But when people are stuck, like they're coming to your office or they're texting you or calling you, like that essentially is your zone of genius. It, and, and you might not even be aware of it. But if you were to go ask, you know, five of your colleagues or five of your friends or five of your family members, really what you're really, really good at, it's interesting, but that's essentially what your zone of genius is. And that can adapt in your business, I think. I always want to add this caveat is like your zone of genius and as a business owner will always continue to evolve. And so don't think whatever it is right now is, you know, essentially what you need to do in your business like three, five, 10 years later. Yeah, exactly. And I also love that too, because I feel like we have had this conversation too, that especially like starting out as an entrepreneur in no matter what like industry you're in, I feel like it's so easy to adapt to kind of what everyone else is doing instead of like looking within and finding your own zone of genius that way and figuring out what makes you different and what makes you stand out. And that's what draws people to you. That's why you end up booking your services that's why you do these things. So I think it's just so important to highlight and talk about and know your zone of genius. So for people that maybe just don't know that or people just kind of think, well, I don't, I'm not really an expert at anything. I don't have a zone of genius. Like, how do I find yeah. it? How do I go about that? What are your suggestions for that so that people can figure that out for themselves? Yeah. The good news is I've never met anyone that didn't have an area of expertise. Exactly. So if you're sitting there thinking yep. like, there's, I'm not good at anything. I would almost challenge you that you probably are really good at, you know, multiple things. And so, like I mentioned, I would list out, you know, I would first do like your own inventory of just things that really light you up and that you enjoy doing. And then I would then go and ask some people that are you're close with. Like I said, ask your colleagues some friends and family members. Like when you think of what I'm really good at or whenever you're stuck on something, like what do you come to me for? Like what makes you pick up the phone or come into my office or shoot me a text? Like what are those topics or what are those areas? And I bet based on your list and what you gather from others, there would be some similarities and some crossover and that will start, you know, guiding you in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I totally agree with you. There's no one out there that doesn't have one. It's just no. a matter of people feeling like they don't or they don't know how to go about it and find it. For me personally, the way I found my zone of genius was as I was growing my business and going through things, 
my zone of genius now was actually my failure and what I was struggling with in the beginning. And I realized that that was my kind of hurdle in things. And that really helped me to like realize I really liked it, realize I really needed this. And it turned me into like a little, an expertise in that specific like niche and in that specific topic within my industry. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I feel super, super similar to how I really found mine. So I would say like whenever I was in corporate, my zone of genius was, you know, relationships and strategic planning and all of that. And so that's how I started my consulting business when I went out on my own. But as my business evolves and where I really find myself really like leaning into and like helping women is all really around like money. So not only just making more money, but how do we keep more money? How do we really solve for our money mindset. And when I think about like where I came from and how I was raised and just how I used to feel about money, it's so interesting to watch it come full circle. So mm-hmm. I totally agree. It was like what was my like tests previously and growing up, how that has really like evolved into my career and really, you know, the direction that I'm going in. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly it too. And I feel like you, Danielle, you kind of have this mantra of like create a life, not just a living, which I think is so powerful. I think that's so cool. And a lot of people like you were just talking about like with money and stuff like that, they kind of feel stuck in a cycle or maybe just like living paycheck paycheck to paycheck or not knowing when that next inquiry is coming in or not knowing when they're going to book that next wedding for my photographer listeners and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So what advice or words of wisdom do you have for like or inspiration for these types of entrepreneurs who can kind of get out of that scarcity money mindset and push towards confidence in all of that. Yeah. And where that really came from is, you know, given my corporate experience and I was really always chasing the dollar. And so I was always focused on like title and money. And so when I accomplished all of that, and like I mentioned, I felt a little bit empty and like, there's got to be more than this. That is sort of when I decided I would actually trade in the money and the title Because for me, what I really value about money and how it represents, you know, really success in my life is freedom and autonomy. So my success is not just by what's in the bank account, but for me, it's how much time do I have to myself to spend on my family. And so what I would say for someone that potentially is either in corporate or their business is a little stuck, or maybe they feel like they're living paycheck to paycheck is, I first would challenge them to get really, really clear on what money means to them. Because we can always be you know, striving to make more money and find different opportunities to bring more money in into our business or into our life. And so I think it really requires getting clear on what does money actually mean to you? Once I got clear on that, it became so much easier in my life. And so What I mean by that is once I understood that for me, it wasn't just about making more money, but the decisions that I was making in my life and in my business, if I could make decisions based on what allows me more freedom, because again, that's what I value a lot about money and success, then that is when things, like I said, got a lot easier and just became so much more clear. So if you're feeling a little stuck, I would challenge you to sit down and say, okay, if I were to make you know, double my income, if I were to have no debt, if I were to have overflow and abundance, what would that really mean for my life? Like, what do I really, really value? I'd be interested to see what comes up. Is it freedom? Is it flexibility? Is it joy? Is it confidence? Like, what is it that you're really, really working towards? 
Yeah, that's such a good different mindset to have it have towards it too. Cause I think a lot of people just get caught up and stuck in, I guess, for my photographer listeners of when am I going to get the next client? When am I going to ne- get the next inquiry? Like, I can't afford this because I need to book this or I'm not booking right now or I'm not booking as much as I want to. And so having that that mindset, like that scarcity mindset set instead of looking at looking at it and being like, what I do since I am not booking right now, I do have some extra free time. What can I do with that free time? Can I put it towards growing and scaling my business even more? Can I put it towards just spending more time with my family and taking more time for myself and having more freedom and just reshape, like reframing your mindset around what that season of life looks looks like. I think that's such a powerful way to look at it because I think everyone always, it's just natural for us as entrepreneurs, as humans, like we just want the next thing. We want more. And once we have it, we want more. And once we, or like we we work to get more free time, but once we get that free time, we want to fill it with more, more things. Exactly. And so just like, really recognizing like what you just said, Danielle, what do you want to do with that freedom? And what do you want to do with that downtime? What does your life look like? Like you said, create a life, not just a living. Like what do you want your life to actually look like? So I just love that. I think that in itself could just be this whole topic. (laughs) And I think you're so right. You know, when people get into those quiet seasons in their business or they don't have leads coming in or they're like, maybe this is it. Like maybe this is when I just like throw in the towel and I'm not going to do this anymore. If you continue to launch and force things into the market and force people to, you know, work with you, that's when it feels really icky and does not work. Like that will continue to not bring in any leads or money for you. So that's where I challenge you to like sort of sit back in that quiet season and say, do we not have any leads because we haven't done enough around like letting people know who we are and what we do? Do we not have enough leads because we're not talking about all of the wonderful work that we're doing and sharing like client testimonials? Do we not have leads because we need to look at our pricing? You know, really taking that time to sit back versus being like, I need to go out and I just need to find someone to pay me so that I can, you know, cover this month's expenses. So if you go at it from that mindset of like forcing and just really essentially trying to convince people to pay for you, like give you money, it's not going to work. Yeah, exactly. And I always tell people too, like, I know it's easier said than done, but like this season and like this lull, because like entrepreneurship, there's ebbs and flows. You're, it's all trial and errors. Like that is in a summing up what entrepreneurship is. And I always say like this season is happening for a reason. It's whatever you want to do with it and how you want to look at it because these seasons are inevitable. They're going to happen. So you can get, you know, kind of, it's it's so easy to let like imposter syndrome creep in and you can kind of let that affect you and let you think that you need to throw in the towel or, or that I need to completely redo my whole business. I'm doing everything wrong. Sometimes it's a case where it's like, okay, what are some areas I can fix here? But this season's happening for a reason. Do you need rest? Do you need to do some rebuilding? Do you need to focus on something else? Do you need to focus on creating more connection, like you said? And it's happening for a reason. I always say that. And most times and not, it's because you just need to slow down and be with yourself for a little bit too. Or like you said, just live your life. Create, Just like live your life and enjoy some freedom. Because like I said, I feel like when we do get free time and extra freedom, we all just want to fill it with more things. 
I'm interrupting my own episode because I see you. I know that you're working hard at your creative passion and wanting to turn it into a full-blown business. I was once there where I was booking a ton of weddings at a lower price range or completely getting ghosted by inquiries, feeling the burnout from not charging enough for profit. In fact, I felt this so deeply that I knew I had to make a change. And once I prioritized serving and connecting with my clients in everything that I do, that's when everything changed for me. This is one of the main fundamentals we cover in my signature program, Passion to Profit, the six-month group coaching program to help you craft your high-ticket premium pricing packages, become in-demand, and book your calendar full, whatever that may look like for you, increase your pricing, and generate more revenue. This program is by application only, so if this sounds like you, I'm currently taking on two to three wedding photographers or videographers. The application is in the show notes, and I cannot wait to hear from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love we love doing. You know, we love like love living by our calendars. It's it's a real test. You know, trying to sit back. And so I completely agree. It is anytime you're going through those kind of seasons. I think it truly comes down to like what are you actually learning from that, and how are you continuing to move forward? Totally. Yeah. And so, say you are in a season that you do want to move forward. You do want to scale. Like there's seasons of you know taking downtime, and then there's also seasons of okay, it's time to step up and scale here. And so what are some signs, I guess, to you that it is time to scale? And like, what are some actionable steps as a business owner you can take to help you get to that next level? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, scaling can look different for everyone. You know, not everyone wants to make millions of dollars. Not everyone wants to manage a team of 10. Not everyone wants to have 10 different ways to work with them. So scaling, it really comes down to like, what does that look like for you and what will make you happy? And so whenever it, you know, if it comes down to people and you're looking in your business and you've got a really solid revenue coming from whether it's products or services, and you're getting to a point in which you're not going to be able to serve those clients at the best level, like you've got so much demand, you're like, holy cow, we've got money coming in. People want to hire us or people are buying from us. That is essentially then your sign to potentially hire your first person, your second person to come on because you always want to think if I'm going to bring someone into my business, that should also, how are they going to help grow the business? Like what is that return on investment? Not just essentially to get work off your plate. I mean, it's twofold. There's you know people that you can bring into your business that you can offload work onto. And then there's people ideally that you can bring into your business where it's like, okay, if they're doing this kind of work, we should be able to double our revenue, triple our revenue, whatever your goal is. Same thing goes with whether it's like adding new pricing and or new products to your business. If you've got something that is working really, really well and your clients are asking for something else in addition to that, a way to scale is to build out your offer suite. And so I really think it just comes down to like, what does scaling mean to you? And then how can you take those steps to really shift the business forward doesn't always necessarily mean you need to sell more or that you need to hire more people or that you need to be doing more work. I mean, a lot of the work that we do with our clients is how can they do less in their business and make more money? Exactly. Because there's so many different ways. When you say scale your business, like that can be so many different things. Exactly mm-hmm. what you just said. Does that mean you want to hire your more people and work less? Does that mean you want to add another offer or service? Like yeah. scaling looks completely different for everybody. And so I think that is such like a vague statement of scale your business, because I think that can mean so many different things. And so, yeah. 
And what I would add to that is if you start scaling your business in one direction and you decide that that actually is not what you want to do or you put an offer out there and you're like, that felt like the right thing, but you know, I actually don't want to relaunch that or that didn't sell well, or let's say you bring someone on your team and they just aren't a good fit. Like know that scaling is essentially like an evolution and will continue to take different iterations. And so it's not like a perfect plan or that, you know, essentially what you move forward with is something that you need to stick with. So I always say like with scaling, you have to give yourself grace because there's so much trial and error when it comes to growing a business. Yeah, exactly. Like it's all trial and error. Mm-hmm. It is <laughs> essentially. So yeah, that's exactly right. And even just with that mindset too, how do you, what are some ways that you suggest that people can kind of just embrace being like the CEO of your business or just like the visionary, the leader in your business, especially if you're newer in business, that doesn't feel right to you or that you've been an employee for, for somewhere for so long. Like, what do you suggest for that as just being able to step into like kind of the CEO role and like the leader of your business? Yeah. I mean, I think almost every entrepreneur would say this is becoming an entrepreneur will challenge you in so many different ways. And so if you're not continuously learning about yourself or learning different ways that you can, you know, grow your business or grow as a person, you will constantly feel like you're not doing enough. So I actually think the work that makes people the most successful in entrepreneurship is the personal development side of things. And so, you know, and making sure that you're investing in yourself and success leaves clues. So find people and align yourself with people that are doing great work that you're like, I would love to be in a room with those people. I want to learn from those people because those are the first people that are going to lift you up whenever things get really quiet or slow or when you're going like on the roller coaster of entrepreneurship. So I really feel like in order to embrace the like CEO, like putting on that hat, early stages in entrepreneurship, you're wearing all the hats. It's really hard because you've got to be the visionary and the doer and everything else. But as your business grows and as you're able to bring on more people and you really can step into that CEO role, that's really when I think, you know, that mindset work absolutely is so, so important because you will be challenged every single day every day. And I love that too, because a lot of it's mindset. And this is something that I personally struggled with because I'm just such a, I want the strategy. I want the action steps. Like I just want to know the business strategy. And my business coach was, she offers like mindset with it too, like mindset coaching with her program. And I remember when I was joining her program, I'm like, yeah, I don't really think I'm going to need the mindset stuff. Like I don't really need that. I just really want the business strategy. And she was like, that's really interesting you say that because the people that say they don't need it are usually the ones that need it the most. Need it the most. <laughs> it's so funny. It so it's most. Just... Yeah. And then as we've gotten in the program, I'm like, I've said several times, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like the mindset is something I think I'm lacking more than I even realize because I'm so yeah. focused on just business strategy. Like That's like kind of my place of like education too. Like the way I like to educate other people, I'm like, I don't want to waste your time. Here's, I want to tell you three steps exactly how to do it. Like, this is what I want. I'm just so straight to the point. And that's kind of my teaching style. And that's, I think, how my learning style is. Like, I just want to get right to it and realizing that, like, there's so much, especially as an entrepreneur, business owner, all that stuff. There is a lot of mindset work that needs to happen. And that is half of it. So, I'm really glad. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm a very methodical thinker. I obviously love strategy, love planning out, you know, businesses. A lot of our clients hire 
us because they want the business strategy. And what ends up happening is as we are building out their businesses and they're they're growing, they actually come back and have said, my business ended up growing because of the conversations that we had around money. And then and then the money followed versus us coming up with like, what are we selling? What are we pricing it for? How are we mm-hmm. launching it? Like mm-hmm. if we hadn't done all of that work on, you know, our money stories and our money mindset and just focusing on those conversations versus just hiding them, I don't think my business would have, you know, grown as exponentially as it did. And so they go hand in hand. Exactly. I totally agree. They do go hand in hand. It's a lesson that I've had to learn, something that I also tell other people too, but it's like almost one of those things you kind of just have to learn on your own. Like you have to figure out on your own that you need it. You have to be in a place that you're ready and open and willing to take it in as well. But Danielle, what was like one of been like one of that, what has been one of your biggest lessons that you've just kind of learned in your business journey? I would say that your business is, and I even mentioned this, but I feel like one of the biggest lessons is how important your like resiliency and your consistency is. So like we mentioned, like the roller coaster of entrepreneurship, I would say my biggest lesson is it tests how resilient and how gritty you are and just how willing you are to show back up even when things feel like the sky is falling. Because you can go from like your best month or your best year ever to like crickets. And I feel like you're consistently being tested because you are like constantly evolving and your business is constantly evolving. And so I think entrepreneurs and other people can really give themselves like that flexibility to know that that's okay. And that's actually really healthy. And you want to be growing and you want to be changing. That is, you know, a lot of pressure that then can be like lifted off your shoulders versus feeling like you're totally failing. Exactly. I love that too. And it's sometimes I just love to hear like lessons that people learn because it's so helpful to just hear other people's failures and how they learned from them. Because again, yeah. that's all entrepreneurship is, trial and error and failure. And so what makes it powerful is what you learn from it and how you come out on the other side stronger from it. And that also helps people too. I feel like For some sure. of the best teachers and educators are people who have failed massively because they have so many, so much knowledge to gain around what they learned from it and how they came out on the other side from it. I was recording a podcast yesterday and I was telling this story about how there was one summer in which I was like, I was feeling like we, so I always say like, I always want like a quiet summer. I love doing whatever I want in the summer. And, you know, I had said, I'm not taking on any individual clients or I'm not going to be launching anything. And then I was looking at our revenue and I was like, okay, we actually need to be launching something. I went into like full blown scarcity mode. And so I started launching like individual programs. I started launching group programs. And what ended up happening was it was like crickets on all of the above. And what I learned from instead of like truly feeling like that was like the biggest failure was like, well, one, I already had like put out into the universe that I wanted like a slow summer. And so I was essentially getting that slow summer to really pause and reflect on what I wanted to do in the fall because the fall is really big for us. Q3 and Q4 are great. And so from that failure, it allowed me then to focus time. But it just showed it just showed me that if you go from this place of, you know, trying to force things into your business or just really chasing that dollar again, it, it doesn't work. 
And so that is like my biggest lesson in this business is like you can throw as much as you want at the wall. The right stuff will stick at the right time. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love that too. It's like, it's so funny because it's like, oh, why isn't this happening? But it's like, then you realize, oh, well, I've already put this out there and like, let it be known that this is what I wanted. And so it just didn't really match up. It didn't really make sense. And so also thinking about getting clear on like your messaging and what you're portraying and how that can either help you or hurt you and kind of go in line with what you are trying to accomplish and what kind of your goals are for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And so what kind of final piece of advice do you have for we can something that we've either talked about or we haven't talked about? Yeah. I mean, I always think how I want to leave anyone, whether you're in corporate or whether you're in entrepreneurship, is the importance of working on your like money stories and your money mindset. Because whether you're in corporate and you are just like trying to get to the next level or whether you're in entrepreneurship and you're just trying to get to the next level, your money stories and your money mindset will continue to really dictate how far you can get in either one of those. And so I really think the more work that we can do around our money mindset and just really talking about money. So the more that you can get familiar with your numbers, I mean, that's a lot of the work that we do with clients is like, let's not shy away from the numbers. If we want to make more money, we need to keep more money, which means we need to talk about the, the numbers, which also means we need to talk about like, what are some of those stories that we've told ourselves before about money? You know, is it that we can't charge that much? Is it that we aren't worthy of making millions of dollars? And so I think it's just talking about the money, leaning into the money is really, really the key in allowing yourself to grow in corporate or entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I think it's a topic that a lot of people shy away from or feel weird talking about. And so I think the more we can just be talking about it, the more we can be open about it. Like it doesn't have to be this weird, you know, taboo topic. Like it can just, we can just talk about it be open about it. Like I'm someone, my family, like my immediate family, like we are all just so open about talking about money. Always have been. That's how I grew up. Like, and so seeing how it's such like a hush hush topic, it's just kind of like not weird to me, but I'm just open about it because my fam- I grew up being open about it. I grew up, my family's open about it. And and so I just think the more we can just talk about it naturally and have natural conversations, it's totally fine. Like it's just money. Like it's exactly. not, it doesn't, exactly. it doesn't define and we're all, us. It doesn't, it just is. Right. And we're all playing the money game. You know, we all yeah. need money to eat and live. And so let's get comfortable talking about it. And I don't mean in a way of which like talking about finance and accounting speak. I think, you know, I'm not a finance or an accounting major. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a bookkeeper. I don't want to do any of that. I think there's ways to really simplify talking about money so that you can wrap your brain around it to be successful. Um, You know, I see the biggest mistakes happening with entrepreneurs is when they don't know their numbers, they're not paying themselves or their businesses are essentially in debt. I think those are where we really need to shine a light on and just really lean into the money conversation. I agree. I love it. Let's do it. I'd love to have you have you back on to even talk about that more specifically too. That's my favorite. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Go over that. That would be fun too. But what's something I always love to ask everybody at the end of the episodes is what's something that you love to do that kind of keeps you happy in your business? So I love, we have an email list and a text list and people always find this funny. I actually write the emails and the texts every single week. They're my like most favorite to do. I love writing. I love writing those emails and I love writing those text messages that go out to those lists. And then I also absolutely love, I host a mastermind and we host, there's two retreats 
per year. And those are my absolute favorite to plan. We're in the middle of planning the September retreat here in Austin. And I literally could just plan retreats all day long. I love hosting. And so those are things that just like light me up in my business. And I absolutely love like just going into like quiet mode and planning. I love that. Okay, Danielle, you and I are very similar that way because I also do all of my own writing for all my emails and all that, the texting, everything like that. And I love it. Like that is also what lights me up and makes me happy. So I love that we are similar in that way. All the fun things. So yeah, I kind of know you just kind of talked about a few things, but tell us where we can all find you that we can find all that information. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at Danielle underscore Langton. And you also can learn a little bit more about the Founders Club and just how we work with other women at daniellelinkedin.com. So, and you also can get on our text list if you text, what is it, growth? So G-R-O-W-T-H to 512-548-2448. And then you'll get to see like my Monday morning text messages that I so love to write. I love it. Oh my goodness. All the fun things. Well, thank you so much. I'll make sure to add those all in the show notes, but thank you so much for coming on today and talking all about business growth and stuff like that. So it was really fun to have you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm happy anytime to come on and talk about money, all the things. Would love that. (laughs) Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you, dear. Well, there you have it. That was a really fun episode and just really fun insight on what running your business could mean, what that could look like, and just different mindset around it all too. So I hope you love this episode. Make sure to screenshot and share it to your story so that we can know which episodes you are loving the most. Thank you so much for listening into today's episode. Keep shining and we'll see you next time. You did it. You're one episode closer to elevating your business. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to head over to racheltraxler.com forward slash gold biz podcast for the show notes and info on today's episode. Keep shining and we'll see you next time on the gold biz podcast.